All right, and welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. I'm once again your host, KB, and that alongside me is the old man as he is still traveling. As you can tell, I'm trying to do everything myself and having articles pulled up. I'm breathing and getting everything done, but uh, we're here. We're live, and it's Thursday night, and the spring game is ahead of us, so thanks again. If you're joining us live, thanks for being here. If you're not, if you're watching uh, on demand, Thanks for watching, uh, as always. Uh, and we're getting excited for tonight. Uh, we're, we're pumping up ourselves for Saturday uh, evening's uh, Spring Showcase, uh, which is just a couple of days away if you're watching this on Thursday um, or if you're watching this right before the game. Hopefully, we give you some information or some discussion points to think about as you're going through the game. Um, but once again, if you're new to the channel, we appreciate you being here. Uh, like the video, subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, we'd like to give some honest feedback and some uh, some questions uh, and, and bring about you know uh, thought provoking things uh, when we're talking about Florida State. So we appreciate you coming by and being here, Jody Potter, Go Knowles, absolutely. So before we kick off tonight's conversation, we dig into the dive into the spring game conversation. I thought it made sense to go through some breaking news uh, that's coming across here, and that's one of the articles I actually just had up. Um, uh, just uh, just over here. So Knowles Game Day, which is a great publication. Uh, I, I reference them for a lot of the news because I'm not in Florida State Media, so I'm not breaking news and stuff like that. Um, but they had a great article here, preview, uh, breaking down uh, the latest, well, a commitment and a decommitment, if you haven't heard already. So uh, Florida State just had the decommitment of one of their longest standing recruits, and I'm going to bring that up right here, uh, Jordan Pride. So Pride was one of their, um, I think next to Cam Davis, he was one of their longest standing recruits uh, on the board. He had been with them for over a year plus. Um, and, and he was a top, I think, 200 player in the country. Uh, he had moved over, moved on from IMG Academy um, uh, to a new high school. And then he had basically kind of started backing off uh, in terms of his visiting schedule. And he had started trending more towards Florida. Um, and he announced his decommitment the other day. Um, but this kind of lines up with uh, Florida State strategy. They, they started to actually recruit more and more safeties uh, and more defensive backs. So this kind of uh, decommitment wasn't totally a surprise. But when you lose a kid of his caliber, it, it does sting. Uh, and this is why I tweeted out earlier, I, I kind of hate the recruiting era nowadays, and I don't get really wrapped up into it. I mean, it's always relevant to talk about it. Um, but at the end of the day, kids are going to decommit. Kids are going to commit. And they come and go. And that's why when we look at the, the next article here, um, it, it kind of loops right into to the next uh, thing is that Florida State just came to commitment uh, just a couple minutes ago. And that commitment I'm going to pull up here is actually uh, a, a great one. So we just got a commitment from uh, here he is uh, a, uh, another receiver is from South Florida. And his name is uh, I just it literally just got announced. So they got the uh, the uh, the commitment from uh, uh, what's his name McC uh, McCoy. Uh, so he's another receiver from out of South Florida. I think Miami Miami Catholic. I believe he's from. Uh, so another kid, Ron Dugans. He's getting the job done lately. So as much as crap as I gave Ron Dugans uh, and him being on the staff and thought it was his time to leave. He lands another guy. He, he's he's getting it going. And this is a big win over Miami. So Miami was one of the top threes. I think it was Miami, Penn State, who uh, were going after this kid and, and looking to sign him. And, and, and you pull this guy, another top 200 kid. So you lose a top 200 kid, you gain one. Now, is receiver a position that you necessarily need the depth right now? No, but it's always good to have talent because 
in the in the era of the transfer portal, you're going to lose a lot of talent. And you never know when you're going to lose them in the offseason, right? So you land a kid like this in a in a place you want to dominate recruiting in South Florida, this is a great gift. Something we've harped on time and time again. We need to start winning the in-state battles. We need to start recruiting back, winning back our own state, not letting the Clemsons, the Damas, the you know, the, these, these major schools coming into the state and taking the best talent. So being able to retain a guy. And especially a guy from South Florida, a top 200 kid, I think is a huge win, a huge win for, for Coach Dugans on the recruiting trail. So um, a, a great win for, for Florida State, great win for Coach Norvell, and a great win for um, uh, for the entire staff. So congrats on that. Check out the article. Like I said, um, he's going to line up alongside, you know, T.J. Abrams and Camden Fryer, who people are very excited about. Once again, these kids have to sign, but if you, you've signed this, you're going to have a very good receiver class going along with Luke, who's your other quarterback commit, who people are very, very excited about. So um, check that article out on Bulls Game Dead. This just got announced within the last 15 minutes or so. Um, so another great article by them. And uh, you lose one, you gain one. Uh, some other things uh, that I think it's worth bringing up before we dive into it, or actually, let, let's go right into it. You know, we we, we announced the decommitment. We announced the commitment. I think those are all relevant. Um, and tonight, what we're going to talk about in terms of the Brick Spring Showcase is what are, what are the things that we should look for? What did we, what did we learn last year, right, in, in watching the 2022 spring game? It's hard, in my opinion, to really know what to look for because you never know what scenarios Mike Norvell and staff or any college program, what scenarios they're going to allow to play out. You know, you have these you know celebrity coaches. Florida State's got alumni coming in for the game, which I think is great. Jermaine Johnson's going to be there. You've got some all-star, you know, uh, former all-star is going to be on the sidelines and helping to coach the teams. You know, it's supposed to be a good time, right? You're, you know, it, it's serious, but it's also supposed to be a good time. The end of spring ball and, and, and a celebration of their work. And, and they actually get to put the pads on and, and, and do some real game scenarios. But what are we trying to get out of tomorrow? And who are you going to be looking for? You want to see you want to see some of these new guys, whether they be freshmen or transfers, stand out. And I think this is our first time, to, probably the first and almost last time we're going to see them in a game type scenario before the LSU game. So that that's what most people are looking for, and that's why we that's why we tune in at four o'clock on a Saturday is to see can these guys play because even in, even in a practice scenario like this, the only thing I remember from last year's game, and maybe you guys remember watching this last year, but the thing I remember from last year's game is how much Trey Benson stood out to me. And all the hype around Trey Benson was, well, he's, you know, he's a guy that had potential, but he's coming off that knee injuries, you know, multiple knee injuries. Can he come back? Can he be what he was? Is he going to have the explosiveness? Da, da, da. Well, I knew as after that game that that kid could play. He was breaking tackles. I think he had 77 yards and eight or nine carries. That was a guy, like we talked about, is going to be a freshman, a newcomer that stands out in limited game time in the, in the spring showcase. That, that stands out. And Trey Benson was a perfect example of a newcomer who stood out clearly and you know could be a media difference maker. And then you saw what happened last season. That is purely what I remember from last year. But then there was other things that people who stood out last year who didn't really make a difference on the field uh, as well last year. So you had Sam McCall who had an interception in last year's, in last year's spring game. We know what happened to him. Uh, you also had, uh, I, I believe uh, – uh, I'm trying to think back. What, what were the other things that happened last year? But yeah, it was Sam McCall having some, uh, you know, he had some uh, big plays last year and then that didn't really turn out to be anything. Uh, so, you know, you have to take the performances with a grain of salt. But I think with the skill position players, 
that's where you can really take some key takeaways, right? The quarterbacks, the backup quarterback positions, actually the passing game in the whole last year was very shaky. I think every quarterback threw an interception. It was really only the running game that got anything done. And, and, and when we look back to the season, the running game was extremely efficient last year. And I think that was that surprised still surprised a lot of people, right? Um, that you had that multiple, you know, three-headed monster in the running back game of, you know, uh, of Ward, Tofili, Benson, multiple guys. You, you know, you were super deep. That made it made Ward leave and go look for a starting position, right? Um, but then on the defensive end, you had Sam McCall and Omari Gaynor make plays last year. And neither of those guys had significant impact last year. I would say significant impact. And neither of those guys are on the team anymore. They transferred out. So that's why I think it's a lot easier to evaluate the offensive position in these games than it is the defensive position, uh, uh, defensive position, because sometimes they have to hold back too. But when we think back to on the defensive side, sometimes you can see the pressure that defensive line is able to put on the offensive line and vice versa. Because last year, Jared Verse stood out as well. He was able to get two pressures, two would-be sacks. You know, obviously they're protecting the running back or the quarterback position. It's going to be no contact for the most part. But Jared Verse, I believe, he was credited with two sacks in the spring game. And when he was healthy last year, he 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 had he was when he wasn't double teamed too. He was a menace, and and, and that that's why he was projected as a number one pick or a first round pick this year. And we're lucky to have him coming back. So I think that seeing what these edge players can do against the a very veteran-led offensive line, and what these new pieces on the offensive line can do. So, so let's let's go let's dive right into it right now and start talking about who we should be looking at for this year's game. I'm going to pull up. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull up a uh, the depth chart because I, I think that's important to look at, and then we'll look at uh, different players that maybe we should uh, be focusing on here. So let me let me share this right here, and we'll uh, we'll go right into it. So. Guys, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball because I think that's important. That's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time looking at tomorrow or on Saturday. Player I want to see that can stand out, and he's actually, well, two players on the wide receiver position. I want to see Winston Wright. How healthy is he? What does his movement look like? Does he look Does he look stiff? Does he look loose? He's still battling back from that car, uh, car injury, that, that car accident he suffered. That was a major, major, major injury. He was very close to not even coming back. And, you know, that could have been a life-altering injury, and he's worked his butt off to come back. And he's still, even after after Saturday, he's going to have, you know, five months. No, or, yeah, five months to continue to, to build back. But I want to see, A, how much they do plan to use him, and, B, how does he look so far? How, how far has he come back? To up to this point, right? How loose does he look? So it'll be interesting to see what how they use him, first of all, because now you have no Micah Pittman. He's out for he's out at least through LSU, if not longer, probably longer. But how does Winston Wright look and how they plan to utilize him? The second thing is the other receiver I want to see is Rodarius Jacobs. I've heard nothing, you know, when I've read these articles, Rodarius Jacobs they say is the freshman impact player it, it, among every, anybody on the offensive side of the ball. They say that kid is a speedster and he can play right away. Even I think over Hakeem Williams, right? I, I think Hakeem Williams is, is probably going to be something. I think people, uh, Rodarius Jacobs has, has definitely surprised. I, I'm maybe not surprised people, but Hakeem had more of the stars, right? 
I want to see between Hakeem Williams and, and, and Jacobs, which one is utilized more in, in, in the impact they can have on tomorrow's game. Now, with that, we have to keep in mind, you know, quarterbacks are going to be a little bit protected. They may not stand the pocket as long, da-da-da. So, the, obviously, the passing game is going to be probably a little bit more vanilla. You're not going to be able to see that. But one of those three guys is going to stand out, I believe, tomorrow. Hakeem Williams – or I keep saying tomorrow, Saturday. Jacobs, uh, Jacobs, Williams, or Winston Wright. I want to see which of those three guys is going to step up because this is an incredibly, incredibly deep room. But as we said previously on this podcast, it's deep, but it needs a leader. And we know one of those leaders is Johnny Wilson, right? He, he needs to get a little bit more consistent to get 1,000 yards and be that true, true number one. But he, he's shown he can play, right? And he, he's still developing, but he's shown he can play. But when you lose Micah Pittman on this roster right here, he's gone for now and for the foreseeable future. Which of these guys, Durian, Winston, Ja'Kai, who's stepping up? Because there is room for a number two on this team. And that, that depth chart is very fluid right now. So I want to see between Williams, Williamson, Winston, and Jacobs, which of those guys stands out to us on Saturday. So I think, I believe one of them will, at least one of them will. And I hope, and I hope it's, I hope it's two of the freshmen. I really do. I hope it's Williams and Jacobs that they just light it up. I also want to see, I also want to see what Tate looks like. And, and for all, all the, uh, all the hype that's been coming out of the spring ball, I do really, really want to see what Brock Glenn looks like. I believe you're going to see a lot of Brock Glenn on Saturday. From all the reports, and you got to take these reports, you know, with a grain of salt and, and you know, the, a lot of big words and the word phenomenal and coach speak gets, gets thrown in from Mike Norvell and that gets distributed through all the media sites. But Brock Glenn, from everything you, you read about him and see him and, and limited game tape or, or limited practice tape, stuff like that. The guy carries himself like, like a quarterback, right? Like he's ready to play already. And, and by no means do we want him to play already because we have our guy and we, if Jordan Travis goes down, this is not a 10 win team anymore, but Brocklin, I want to see him and I want to see how close he is to being ready because I believe that he, from what I've read, looks like the guy that could be the number two guy or the number one guy next year. I'm not sold on AJ Duff yet. And that's, that 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 opinion comes with nothing, no no credibility, no nothing like that. It's just from what I've seen and what I feel. That's just a feeling. Same with Tate. I think Tate Tate won us a Louisville game single handedly. I almost turned off that game when Jordan Travis went down. Tate won us that game. I still want to see more from Tate. I want to see Tate on Saturday take command when he's in the game and lead the drive. I want to just see that consistency now. He's been in the program what three years now, reps after rep. He should be able to come in with a with a deeper deeper pool of players, right? He's not having to deal with uh, a walk ons on the scout team. He should be able to come in with the receivers he has because this is, like I said, a deep receiver room. So he's going to have a squad to throw to when he comes into this the scrimmage. He should be able to come in and lead a drive. O line is deep, receivers are deep. He needs to be able to command this offense. And he should be able to show that on Saturday. That's what I want to see from Tate. No interceptions, no dumb throws, no ducks over the middle. Command the offense, Tate. Audible if the play is not there. 
I want to see that command. And I want to see if AJ can do the same thing. But I'm excited to see what Brock has to what Brock has to bring. Because I believe I, I don't know. I just I just I don't know. I, I just something about him shows me more confidence than the other guys. I and I don't know why that is. The third thing is the running back room. Once again, another super, super deep room. We know Trey Benson's the 1A, if you want to say, you know, I, I think he's the true number one. He needs to have 20 carries a game. But who is going to be his complement with Ward gone? I don't think Lawrence Worth told Philly is that guy, personally. But from what everything's been shown, he's bulked up. He's contained the bulk up. If he bulks up and he continues to have that speed element to him, okay, maybe it's him. I want to see that on Saturday. I want to show. I'm going to see if he's gotten bigger. If he's added to his frame, can he take a hit and move? Is he still shifty? Can he still catch the ball? Because if he's still shifting, he can still catch the ball like he does. And he's got some guys where he can break a tackle or two. You got a legit weapon there. But I'm excited to see Rodney Hill and Kaziah Holmes. I want to see either Rodney Hill or Kaziah Holmes break out like Trey Benson did last year. I want to, I want to see one of those two guys, or maybe it's Sam Singleton, right? Maybe he breaks out. One of those three guys, I want to break out on the screen like Trey Benson did last year. And I believe somebody will. But that's what I want to see. I want to see, see a guy take over the game, break multiple tackles, get 70-plus yards on multiple uh, – on fewer few carries be uh, extremely efficient, but stand out on the screen. Because that's what somebody should be able to do. Veteran offensive line, you know what the game plan is. Great people in front of you who are going to be able to block for you. Talented tight ends. So one of those players should be able to step up and make the most of their opportunity there. And I believe they will get touches to do so, right? So I hope, I hope, honestly, Trey Benson doesn't even play that much. Trey Benson should get five carries and he's out. There's no, no sense putting him in harm's way. You know what you have in him. Let Rodney, Rodney Hill, Keziah, Sam Singleton, the freshman, CJ, let, when the, let those four or five guys rotate and see who stands out and let them compete for that two way, that one B, one C running back slot. Because that's what you need to see on Saturday. That's what I want to see. Don't let Trey, Trey, Trey and, and Jordan Travis, those guys should be in five snaps of the game, in my opinion. Fans are going to hate that, but they shouldn't be playing, in my opinion. Same with Johnny Wilson. No risk, no, no reason to risk an injury to Johnny Wilson. Then the fourth position group is the tight ends. You've overhauled your tight end group from last year. Totally overhauled it. Cam McGollum's gone. Great, great leader of the team, great uh, ambassador for the program. Just not a, just had a skill ceiling, for, a playmaking skill ceiling for Florida State. I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. Great person, but he was limited in his playmaking ability. Now you've got your guys, you've got your playmakers. How does Florida State use them on Saturday? I think you know what you have with Jaheim Bell. I want to see how, once again, how, how vanilla is the playbook going to be on Saturday? But how do they slot him out? Do they go make him go inside? Do they slot him out wide? Do they put him in an H-back role? I'm kind of curious to see how many different looks they'll see. Maybe they want to put that on tape, too. Maybe they want to rotate Jaheim around the field so that other teams have to game plan for that, right? Or maybe they don't. 
And maybe they want to save that for against LSU and not have it on tape. But I'm curious to see how they'll utilize Jaheim and see how he stands out on tape. Same thing with Marlo. Marlo's making a, a, a he's taking a huge step up in talent. I'm more, I'm more curious to see how he is. Cause I think for most people, I, I mean, there's very limited public tape on this kid, right? He's coming from, you know, Kyle, I'm uh, sorry, Morlock. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me, Kyle, for mispronouncing your name. I, I, uh, I apologize for that. But this is a big six, seven, two, what, 250. He's making, he's making a big step up, big step up in talent. How does he adjust to the speed when we see him now live on TV? I don't know if anyone's been able to see more than 45 seconds of game tape on this guy on YouTube. But I want to see how he competes against a very talented secondary of Florida State. Just even in an inter, inter, intermediate scrimmage like this. Probably going to have the number two, number three quarterbacks throwing to him, given that. But can, can he break away from... The, the linebackers that are going to be covering him. Can he get that one-on-one matchup he wants and, and catch it over the middle of the field? Can he get to the second level and catch a deep pass? How do they line him up? Do they line him and Jaheim up on the field at the same time? How do they utilize this big target? I'm so very, very interested to see how Kyle, how he looks on the field. Does he look slow? Does he look fast? Does he look faster than we expected? Or does he look slower than we expected? This is a kid that we should all be taking notes on because he has the chance, just like Trey, to say, oh, this kid could play. They, they got – this kid is legit because he's got – because you'll be able to tell if he looks slower or faster than you expected him or not. It, it's going to be very clear about that on uh, on Saturday. So I'm excited to see see how he gets uh, evaluated and, and how he looks on, on Saturday. And that goes for kids like Brian Courtney. I think that guy's got a ton of potential too. And this is his chance to say, I'm, I'm still here, guys. I'm still on this team. He made a couple of plays last year. He got, I think he caught a t- couple of touchdowns towards the end of the year. That's a, a very athletic kid. Same with Biscuit. You got a very, just like the running back room, just like the receiver room. This is their chance, those younger guys, to say, I'm still here. You may have recruited over me, which I love that this team is able now to recruit over kids and make them compete. But you guys got you guys you guys got guys like Douglas and Brian Corney who are still here, and they're going to need to show out to say to establish a place in this depth chart. You know they still you know they still have a ton of time to to see how that shakes out. But you have probably your most talented tight end group you've had in probably the last ten years since the Nick O'Leary days. And come Saturday, I'm very interested to see who from that group truly stands out because J- Jaheim has all the has all the hype, but does that translate to the game scenario? And it's only, you know, it's only an hour, very controlled environment. But like I said, you can take things away from that. You can say, this kid can play. Or this freshman can play. Or this transfer can play. And that's what I want to see. So that's most of the offensive side. Obviously, you have your new offensive lineman in there, which is great. You have Casey, you got Jeremiah, Keandre. You got a lot of new a new transfer piece on offensive line, which will be great. Great to see Dimitri's coming back. That was another great piece of news that you got this past week. Dimitri got that uh, waiver to stay another year. One of your most used, you know, most used and guy with the most experience on the team on the offensive line returning. So once again, you have a another 
truly deep and talented offensive position group that's coming back. And it's hard to tell, hard to judge that that group in a spring game, but they shouldn't be getting like whipped at the offensive line, right? Last year in a spring game, Jared Verse had a field day in terms of getting sacks on the quarterback, right? For as much as that counts, because obviously it's if Jordan Travis starts to scramble away, then they just count it down. But that offensive line should stand up a lot more this year than it did last year and the year before that. This offensive line should be solid on Saturday. It, it should give guys like Jer- Jared Verse fits at the defensive end position. That's what you should expect. Or that's what I want to see, right? I want to see consistent snaps out of Casey Riley. And I want to see a consistent offensive line. I don't want to see procedural penalties. I don't want to see any of that garbage. No holding penalties. I want to see consistency on that line. Says so even though you have a lot of pieces in, you've had you've had time to practice. You had these transfers come in early. And you have a deep veteran-led group. There should not be that sloppiness on Saturday. So that's that's what I want to see as a collective group out of them. And it'll be interesting to see has what they played a younger group like Julian Armella and Lucas Simmons. Are those guys ready to step up now? So I'll be interested to see those young guys and how they fit them into this veteran leg group as well. Now let's go to the uh, defensive side of the ball and, and, and what we're looking to uh, what we're looking at there. So I think on the defensive side, it's, I've kind of said their names a couple of times, so you can probably expect who I'm looking for. I really want to see how the defensive line looks, and it's hard. It's so hard to judge it in a spring game scenario, defensive line, because like I said. Jordan Travis, if he gets anywhere close or starts to scramble, they're going to call it a sack, right? But I want to see how much pressure the new guys can put on the ball, especially on the interior. Daryl Jackson, how does he look on the interior line? Is he able to create that interior pressure? How does he stack up against a guy like Casey Roddick or down the interior line? Brandon Fisk, how does he look? How do they match? I want to see how they align these pieces together. I know... They split these teams up and stuff like that. But I'd be interested to see how these rosters look in the spring game scenario. But I'm also interested to see how who plays with who and what the impact they have. Can guys like Fisk and Daryl Jackson, do they just wreak havoc on Saturday? Or does that veteran group stand up and say, no, no, we're, we're just as talented and you're not today. So like, like I said, it's going to be so hard to judge if a guy stands out or not. But all it takes is a couple of players to say, Oh, this guy can play at this level because we've taken a lot of guys from lower levels. You got a guy from Western Michigan. You now you got a guy, you know, got a guy from uh, Division Three, you know, Morlock. I just need to see a couple plays to say these guys can play. These guys got the talent, the moves, the technique to say, oh, they're ready to play. We saw with Kyle, Jared Verse, you know, in his spring game appearance, we knew he could play. He made the moves, he got the pressure on, and we saw the plays that said, oh, this guy's ready to play. Come, come, uh, LSU, right? So, oh, Fisk is, oh, Hypnock, Fisk is not playing. All right, good call there. I hope it's not. I didn't, I didn't read that he wasn't playing yet. So is that, is that injury related? I hope it's not. Um, hope it's just precautionary stuff. But uh, that is, uh, that's, uh, well, that'll be disappointing. But that'll give hopefully guys like uh, uh, some of the younger guys, like, uh, well, we'll see Daryl Jackson play. Um, and maybe guys like, uh, we'll, we'll uh, rotate in for that. So a uh, good look there, Hypnock. <laughs> Floor looks like garbage right now. Well, well, that, that that also tells you one thing, too. Florida having their, their spring game on Thursday it is kind of telling. Florida State got the primetime spring game slot. Think about that. 
Florida's hosting theirs on Thursday. Miami's on Friday in a soccer stadium that holds 18,000 people. And then Florida State gets primetime Saturday at 4 p.m. If that doesn't tell you that what the pecking order is in the state of Florida right now, nothing else will. Because Florida State said, we're having ours on Saturday. And you guys, you all, you all figure out what else you guys want to do. They basically control the recruiting weekend then. Because everyone else had to scramble because they didn't want to compete and have kids choose that Saturday weekend because they knew they would lose out to Florida State. So that really tells you that Florida State controls the weekend and controls kind of momentum right now in terms of the state, in my opinion. If it, you know, having your spring game on a Thursday is just saying, no, well, we definitely, we definitely can't compete with having the hours at 1 p.m. on a Saturday because kids are going to choose uh, other schools over us. So I, I think that's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty sad. Uh, physical will be good rather than he's in reaggravate that shoulder. Yeah, I knew it was coming off that that shoulder surgery coming at Florida State. So okay, that's that's smart thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a good call, and, and I think it's a good time. I know Florida State's missing a couple of guys that, are, that have been out all the spring. Um, so I think it. I think it's pretty smart that anyone who's lingering injuries uh, should should sit this one out. And I think you like you said, you're going to have guys that are still like you said lingering injuries are going to still be out. Um, and a guy like that, so. What Robert Scott's going to be out. Kevin Knowles will be out. Aaron Hester, Malcolm Ray, all those guys miss the you know miss this whole period of time. So you're going to miss those guys. But I think it's great that you'll have the ability for the younger guys to step in, which is which I said earlier is the best part about the spring is you see if these younger guys and these younger transfers who are coming in if they have what it takes. And I want to see if we can get some of these guys to flash on screen for us in these in these limited reps you know, in these limited opportunities that they have right now. I want to see if Farmer consistently push the pocket. I, I think, uh, I, I think that will, I think this is his year that he's got to, he's got to start showing out a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting between him and Briggs uh, competing there. Once again, I, I think he has what it takes. It'll be, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I like both the players. I like both the players. I mean, this is this is Bray's time. This is his kind of last shot to uh, to make an impact and, uh, and and see what he's got. But I think Joshua Farmer's probably got the higher ceiling there. And once again, I don't know how much of the coaching staff like takes into consideration what they see in this game. Probably not a lot. Probably a little bit, but not a lot. Um, I think fans probably take a lot more uh, weight from it than uh, the coaching staff does. But yeah, I would love to see it. I would love to see Aaron Hester too. Um, I would love to see him emerge. Actually, why did I say that? He's not even playing uh, on uh, in the spring game. But uh, I, I, there's some other guys. I want to see, does Gilbert Edmond, what does he look like? I, I I didn't watch a ton of South Carolina football games last year. What does he look like uh, playing in his role? It, you know, Omar Graham, what does he look like in a linebacker position? I heard he has great potential. Have, you know, as a, you know whether he's going to be a sophomore this year, what does he look like? I, and, and, you know, our linebacker group is deep. But how talented is it, right? Kalen Deloach, Tatum Bethune coming back. Steven Dix, finally healthy again. What does that linebacker group look like against these running back matchups? I, I, I'm excited. And how do they cover these new tight ends as well? How do those, how do those matchups look like? So I'm, exci- I'm interested to watch this linebacker group as well. Because you didn't add any major players to it, right? You didn't add any major transfers. But you didn't lose any major players either, right? Uh, Amari Gaynor you lost, or you know, kind of in that linebacker role. But he wasn't a major, I'd say, impact player, right? Um, he was good. I mean, he was he was a tackle leader, right? So he statistically he was. But last year, you didn't feel him as much as you probably should have. So it's interesting to see what that group will. Will some of those guys that are out with injury or on the younger side, 
will they step in the foot or, or show out in a game like this or, or start to show themselves on the screen? Omar Grant, yeah, retro freshman. So yeah, he, you know, this this is the time, right? Can he show on screen a little bit that he's ready to play? And I brought it up before, if you, if you're just joining us, for me, who stood out the most last year was was Trey Benson. We saw what he could keep seventy seven yards last last year, and I knew immediately, oh, this this guy can play. And that's really one I, I want to see. I want to see two or three guys that just show like flash like that. And you're like, oh wow, that okay, we we got what we uh, ordered in the transfer portal. That that guy can immediately play. So if there's any of those guys that you think that you're you're waiting to see to, uh, on Saturday, let me know. Because uh, for me, I've already said a couple. I want to see the receiver group. I want to see a guy like Radarius Jacobs. Um, I want to see a guy like Winston Wright. Winston Wright, I just want to see how he moves, uh, first of all, because I know he's still fighting back, and, and I think he's made great strides. But I want to see how he moves. But I want to see, like, Jacobs or Hakeem Williams. Do either of those guys stand out? Also, that deep receiver running back group. I want to see a number two from the running back room emerge as well uh, from that. Bethune, Deloach, Lundy are solid. Dix probably need uh, probably needed to move on. Interesting to see how Omar uh, Graham again. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes Gantz, I I'm like hot and cold on. Sometimes I love Gantz. Sometimes I don't. Um, but like you said, Bethune, Deloach, and Lundy are are extremely solid. They're not the elite guys, but they do their job well enough, right? They're gonna blow some plays, but they're gonna do their job eighty five percent of the time. I I would say. Right, but they're they're not your elite elite players. But like you said, you have very good players in that position. Um, that you're, I think you're looking, at, and well, that goes up to the next thing. How much how much run does a guy like Blake Nicholson get on Saturday? Does he how much how much playing time do you think he gets? They start kind of slotting him in, or is he purely special teams on Saturday or or this coming season? Do you think you know he was a late a late uh, or he, he's not even in, right? Is he's not even? He didn't. Uh, sorry, I'm. I don't even want to say that. I forgot. He didn't. Uh, he didn't transfer in yet, so uh, he's not even going to be eligible to play. Um, so I can't wait to see him in the summer, right? Like you said, because I w- I wish he had early transferred in, because um, I would have loved to see him in a game like this. Because I think I, I really do think that he could make an impact if he was already enrolled and could have been available to play in this. So I keep uh, I keep thinking that he. Uh, I keep wishing he would have early transferred um, enrolled early because I really want him in this group. So um, that was just me wishful thinking on that one. Uh, like you guys are saying, yeah, I, I, I completely uh, made that up in my mind and yeah, I'm with you. Hitnock. I can't wait to see what that guy's capable of. Um, I'm really excited for that. Um, uh, Dre is far more likely to flash than Hakeem. I'll be watching Kaziah and CJ running back Benson to a Philly Hill. I've already shown me enough. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you that I, I said, I don't want, I don't want Johnny Williams, Travis, or uh, Trey Benson to play more than maybe five or ten snaps at most. I honestly don't think they should even play at all, in my opinion, uh, because I want to see more of, like you said, Kaziah or CJ. I want to see which one of those two really stands out the most of the of the group. Um, I, I, I want to see if one, or even like a Sam Singleton. I know he's young, probably needs to gain a little weight uh, from high school. But I want to see when, which of those three guys it, it can really stand out. I'm really excited to see Kaziah live in person like that. Is he ready to take that next step? Is he ready to take the the throne from from Ward uh, moving on? Can he can he feel that role that Ward is it, it kind of left open? Right. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited to see uh, what Kaziah has or is CJ. Is CJ like no? We're not taking this. You're not coming in, taking it from me. Uh, so like you said, that's a battle I really want to see because. I think that is a position you can actually see on Saturday 
is someone who who will take that next step uh, and, and be able to measure it a little bit more uh, fairly than uh, any other group. Uh, <laughs> the old man, he is uh, actually traveling. He's uh, he's in Europe right now, so uh, uh, he'll be back uh, first week of May, I believe. So actually, when I'm traveling. Uh, he'll be back and we're on like an opposite schedule right now. So he's actually overseas right now, traveling uh, on a like six hour uh, difference right now. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he'll be back uh, in early May and uh, we'll be back on the right schedule now. So uh, he's uh, he'll be watching the show tomorrow morning. He said, so uh, yeah, we, uh, we couldn't have him on, but uh, he, he's definitely watching. So uh, he'll be watching uh, sometime. Uh, the spring game will be on at like 10 o'clock his time when he's watching it. So uh, he'll be excited for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, my final thoughts too, and, and if you missed it, is the quarterback group. Like I said, I don't think Jordan Travis should play at all, but I really want to see the battle of, I, I want to see Tate really command the offense. Last year, he was a little shaky in spring game, threw a couple picks. Defensive line really dominated last year. I want to see Tate really command the offense and, and drive it down the field as much as, as much as the scenarios allow it. But I'm really interested to see the battle between Brock Glenn and Duffy. I, I do. I, I have this confidence. Brock Glenn looks like a real quarterback for some reason. He just looks built. He His body looks ready for it. Um, I don't know why A.J. Duffy just doesn't exude confidence for me. I, I don't know why that is. He's done nothing against me, and it's just my personal opinion. But I do want to see what Brock Glenn does in a, in a game-like scenario uh, on Saturday. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited to see how how he's come along in his early in his early uh career with Florida State um once again he's only been in the program what four months uh if that's so uh it, it's way too early to judge any of these guys and AJ Duffy's only been in the program for a year so it's really early to judge him so uh but I'm excited to see uh what the quarterback group has to put on tape as well you see Shaheen Dent and Duke can do it safety you know thumping field general really gonna yeah uh, I mean Jamie Robinson I, I don't know who yeah, of that group, I don't know who's going to be able to replace his physicality in that in that second level. Maybe maybe Shaheem, maybe Shaheem. Um, he flashed a couple times last year. To your point, I, I, Jamie. Yeah, losing Jamie is 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 honestly a heartbreak. That guy just like set a tone at that next level. Whether it was coming up on the blitz or just some of those tackles, especially on the blitz. I mean, especially on the blitz when he would come up. And just like a rock, and just end plays, and like you saw, oh, time after time, just finish tackles. You, like you said, you that is going to be hard to replace. It, it's going to be hard to replace, but you need one of these talented younger guys on the roster to step up and do that. And, and, and I don't, and I'm hoping, like an Azaria Thomas, or like you said, a Shaheen Brown. I really hope Shaheen Brown can take that next step this season and do that. And it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Omar, uh, you know, Duke, I'm not sure about Duke. Once again, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in our defensive backs. I never have. Jamie was our best defensive back for a long time, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm still a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a little bit sketched out, but, uh, you know, like I said, we'll see. Well, and we'll see how much they aired out on Saturday, right? Last year was a lot of running, a lot of running the ball last year. Taylor looks this a channel, and you're right. Glenn already looks sharper and more dialed than Duffy. Yeah, like I said, it's just a looks thing to me. It's all a personal opinion. I have no insider intel. I don't know the guys. It's all a personal opinion to me. But he looks, his body looks ready. He looks developed. He looks, like you said, laser focused. All the video. He just looks, 
He just looks the role for some reason. Tate, I don't know Tate. He, like I said, he looks the same way to me. I get the same feeling from him as Duffy. Like, I don't know. It just sometimes some, certain players just exude the role when they're on the field, right? Like Winston had that exuded something. I, I don't know. I just, it's just a feeling to me. But maybe I'll be proven wrong. Like I said, I, I just, I'm mean, just excited to see the battle on, on, on Saturday to see where it goes. The Travis, the Travis, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Travis Jay is going to give us. Um, honestly, that that's a great question, and that well that and that's one thing to discuss is in these kick return scenarios and these punt return scenarios. Who do they put back there? You lose Micah, right, for the foreseeable future. Who do they put back there to return punts and kickoffs? And kickoffs will probably be the the rotation of uh, Trey Benson and Co. But for do they when they practice punts, who do you put back there, right? Do you put a Travis J? I know Travis J did a little bit of that, right? You are used to. Maybe that was kickoffs. But who, who are you going to put back their return punts, right? Uh, do you do you maybe try Winston Wright? I I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to put his body back through that so quickly. Um, but I'm, I'm interested if they'll do punt return scenarios. Probably not. Like I said, that that's a little bit too uh, maybe too much too physical for a, a, a spring showcase like that. But that's I would love to see who they're going to put back there for punt returns and who they're rotating because I do think losing Micah other outside of his blocking on the edge, his punt return consistency is going to be something that is going to be hard to replace early on in the season. I'm super doubtful about Jay. We haven't heard much from practice reports. Yeah, I once again uh, kind of an interesting guy that didn't leave in the off season and stuck around. Maybe a guy that if he doesn't do something in the spring so- showcase, you may expect to leave or be uh, asked to leave in the spring, right? Um, yeah, if you don't see a lot of him on Saturday, I would expect a uh, maybe a mutual parting of ways in the uh, in the early summer period, right? Because I uh, I'm not sure. I'm with you guys. I I don't really know what to expect from him at this point. He he's been here now three years. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to, what you're going to get out of him at this point, which concerns me. Yeah. Like you said, the guy's guys, a guy's an athletic freak, right? But he just hasn't, hasn't developed into what he should be. Right. And I don't know if that's injuries, if that's a coaching staff or that's commitment. I don't know. Right. I don't have insider knowledge like that. Maybe he does need a change of scenery, but for him to stick around, He's got to have bought in a, at least somewhat to the program, right? Now, come Saturday, if if he doesn't get showcased or that, that's when you may see some. Uh, <laughs> that's when you may see some rumors start start to spread, right? From the practice footage, the most consistent catcher seems to be Douglas, but none of them uh, look comfortable enough to make uh, make me feel good. Yeah, Jakai, that could be int- the consistency. That is the that is the biggest thing, B. Riley. Is you losing that? Cons- you know, there there were some times last year where I thought Micah could have come up and caught the ball a little bit sooner. But the thing with my, uh, Micah, he never fumbled the ball. He never dropped the ball. And we think that before Micah, I got scared every time someone got underneath the football. Right? I know if they were going to drop it, if they're going to like tap it, or whatever's going to happen. Never had a drop last year. He was super guy could be running right into his face, running right, never dropped it. Right. That's the thing that scares me. And that stuff like that, and these shootouts that we were kind of in last year, 
that can lose that field position is going to lose us a game. It, 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 it will lose you a game, right? So to your point. So to your point, I, I mean, I would be, if I was Florida state, I would be hammering those kick return, those punt return drills until I find the right guy. And it's, or I would be looking to the portal. And I think the old man brought this up weeks ago was find a guy at the D one or D two FCS D two level that all he does is punt returns, right? Find you the Micah, Micah Pittman of two or FCS. And that's all he's done is punt returns. If there, if that guy exists and bring him in, that's, that's his specialty. Bring that specialty guy in because that position alone will win you or lose you games, especially like a team like Clemson, where it's going to be a one possession game. Again, you know, in these tight games, when it's going to come down to one or two, you know, a touchdown or a field goal, that, that will lose you a game, right? Some like that practice Tuesday, no breaks, no crutches, no let, not saying that means anything, but you got, you know, at least on pace. Yeah. I, I think he's probably working, I, working his butt off to get back. I definitely don't think he's going to be back by the LSU game. I, I think the staff will probably play it slow, right? Play it slow, play the rehab slow, make sure he's full. Because I think, I think they, they, they know they have a deep room, right? And they know that this is going to give guys opportunities to step up and, and, and play. And because if you rush Micah back and you say, Micah, we need you in here to play, it's going to send the wrong message to the rest of the room, right? To say, guys, we don't, we don't believe in you enough to play without Micah. We have to rush him back again here. So I, I think, like you said, it's great to see him back, see him, just see him engaged at practice, right? No brace, no limp, no anything like that. And also see him engaged on the field, coaching guys up, being a leader, right? He's a veteran leader of this team, especially in that receiver group. So it's great to see that. But we should have guys here that should be able to step up, right? This is the deepest our wide receiver room has been. You have a leader in Johnny Wilson, who's a production leader, who hopefully takes the next step this season. But you are looking for that. Who's that that second receiver? Who is that second production leader? Who is going to become that player? So once again, looking for that, that guy to maybe showcase himself on Saturday if it is a pass-heavy day. Potentially, it may not be like last year. If it's like last year where you're running the ball most of the time, then we may not be able to see that. Hey, what's going on, Damien? Great to see you, man. Great to see you. Hope uh, hope uh, you, uh, you'll you enjoy the game on Saturday as well, like we're discussing here today. BW <laughs> preferred walk-on punt catch. Dude, I'm telling you, go f- I, some scout, go hire an intern to go watch all low search the stats for all the FCS and Division II schools and say, hey, you want to come to a big-time program and, 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 and just do kicks for us? I'm telling you, there's got to be that kid out there who'd like sign up in an instant, right? And say, yeah, I'll catch uh, I'll catch five balls a game and not fumble them. And that's your job, right? I, 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 it's got to exist. It's got to exist. And hey, we'll hook you up with a Toyota from uh, Toyota of Tallahassee. That like, we'll hook you up with a 50k uh, NIL deal to come. That's all. That's all you gotta do. I, I, it would be the easiest sell of all time, even uh, even for a preferred walk on, even no walk. Just give him a walk on stats and give him that NIL deal for Tallahassee Toyota of Tallahassee. <laughs> let's let's do that. Second basket on the team is gonna be either belt. I do think, um, and that, well, that was the thing I discussed earlier. I want to see if from that group two, I want to see if Kyle Morlock, how he looks in real time speed. So I, I don't think if, I don't think more than 90 seconds of his tape exists on the internet. I mean, I haven't looked that hard, but I don't know if 90, more than 90 seconds of his game tape exists on the internet, widely available. So I want to see how f- either does he look faster than expected or slower than expected. 
and how does he look amongst you know getting separation? How do his hands look in real time speed against actual D one talent? Um, so I'm excited to see what he looks like. And then I think we know what we have in Bell. To your point, I, I think he is going to be a weapon and probably will be your become your number two or your second primary receiver, um, either statistically or just by decision making uh, by Travis. Um, Kentron, I love Kentron, and I think with uh, Malik uh, McLean leaving, he's going to have an even bigger opportunity to step up this year and, and more game time reps. To your point, uh, Malik leaving, I think Malik and Kentron were kind of in my. I don't know why I thought this. We're kind of like mirror images of each other in terms of their play, big playability, and the way they played. I don't know why I think that, um, but I think with Malik leaving, Kentron will get some way a bigger bigger ability to shine in this offense. So it'll be interesting to see that. All the chat on the B is that Morlock is more fluid than a man that's size. Yeah. Six, seven, two fifty. Like you shouldn't be able to move very fluidly at that size, which is why I'm, I'm excited to see how they use him on the field and how they use Jahima field. How much is Florida state wanting to show their offense on Saturday? How vanilla do they get? Are they going to line up Jaheim wide? inside in the h-back same with morlock do they line him up more as a blocker wide inside how do they line these guys up and, and to your point is he it does he look fluid morlock at his at his side we already know how athletic jaheem is and how he can be lined up but with morlock how do they plan to utilize him i'm very interested in that you know in these spring game scenarios some some teams like to show more so that you know people have to try to game they'll you know throw out fake plays and stuff like that so that people over-prepare for a team and they're like, you know, and some people keep it very, very vanilla, right? So that it's, you have nothing on tape with these new assets on your team, right? But with Morlock, like I said, we don't know what to expect from him, um, especially at the level he was playing. But I'm excited to see, like you said, if people are saying he looks more fluid than he's to expect, I'm very, very excited to see see what he looks like because there are some high expectations on him, especially how they rated him in the transfer portal. I, I do want to see if he can live up to that on Saturday. Um, even, like I said, just stand out, make a big catch, break open. Even the ball doesn't get completed to you. Break open for a big play and just be available for it, right? I hope Wilson can stay healthy. Yeah, what was it, two years ago, he looks like he could become something. And then last year, he just fell off. Um, I forget, injuries, stuff like that. But a couple of years ago, I thought it was that he looked like he made a couple of catches. It, I mean, it wasn't significant numbers, but a couple of years ago, when he was healthy, he he looked like a guy that had some decent hands and he could make a big play. I mean, and keep in mind, you lose Pokey Wilson, who they're not going to build a statue of this guy on Florida State, but he probably was your most consistent hands on the team, right? So you may have the you, you probably have a you have a incredibly deep room, but you are looking for a guy to step up on this team at receiver. Johnny Wilson is definitely not the most consistent hands on the team right now. And if, but if he does get those consistent hands, he will become a first or second round in the NFL draft. Do not get me wrong, but his hands are far from being sticky. But, well, I think we can all agree on that. So there is definitely a slot open for a number two or number three receiver on this team. And Darian, to your point, I, I do hope, I hope Kentron or Darian, there so many of these guys have a great opportunity to step up. And, and become big time receivers for Florida State. They all have the talent. We've seen these guys flash. We've seen them have the ability. They just they just have to take it. They really just have to take the opportunity in front of them. 
A healthy Williamson is is wide receiver one B. Wow. Okay, that's that's big. He's that good. But if the if regarding health is a big if, I mean that's that's big expectations. It's saying he's wide receiver one B. Yeah, like you said, I I remember him flashing a year or two ago. But to your point, if you're not on the if you're not available to be on the field. Yeah, you know, you can't take that opportunity. You've got to be able to stay healthy. You got to be able to stay, you know, available and in the rotation and, and let the coaches know that you're healthy enough to stay stay available. So to your point, if he can stay healthy, it'd be just exciting to see. And maybe he's one of those guys that really stands out on Saturday. Maybe he's healthy enough to get out there, say, Coach, give me my reps. I, I want to eat on Saturday. And, and he just really rips it up on Saturday. I would love nothing more to see that. I want these guys to rip it up on Saturday. And, you know, not that I want to see the defensive backs look bad because I already broke them enough. But I would love to see one of these receivers, one of these young guys, or one of these under under talked about guys really, really step it up on Saturday and just rip it up. Um, or I would love to see Fentrell, uh, you know, uh, Fentrell Cypress have three interceptions. Um, <laughs> I mean, there is that. I would love to see the guy, the kid from UVA, um, that we that we uh, you know got out of the portal to just tear it up, uh, you know, out of the back uh, as a defensive back. Because uh, we really need him to be locked down next year, right? Too. So I would love to see or both things happen. Huge day on the on the first half of the receivers, and then you know uh, uh, Fentrell get a couple of interceptions on the back half. So maybe both will happen. Maybe we'll get lucky and both will happen. So um, the final thing I want to see, we talked about special teams a little bit, is will they do a, a special session on special teams and field goals? I know sometimes they they throw it in there towards the end. Um, but Tyler uh, uh, Keltner, how many kicks do we see out of him on Saturday? You know, they brought they brought this kid in to compete with Ryan Fitzgerald. I I mean, I bitched enough on the show about special teams. Uh, you probably heard enough from me and the, the old man especially. Oh, my God. You, you've heard about him, and he wants to do signed five kickers on this team. So, so talk about preferred walk-ons. You uh, want to do a nationwide uh, executive search for a kicker. Uh, but – do they do they, how how do they approach this on Saturday? Because um, I think the fan base is interested to see a little kicking battle on this team. You know, Ryan's been here three years. You bring this senior transfer in, uh, Tyler Keltner. Um, what's he a, a 78% kicker? Um, somewhat highly, highly touted. Um, he comes in. How do they approach this kicking competition? Is Ryan Fitzgerald treated as the incumbent and it's his to lose? Or is this or is this truly an open competition? I haven't, I haven't heard either way. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But I haven't heard either way. If Ryan is, I, I'm, I've, I'm just treating this as Ryan is the incumbent, and it's Tyler, and it's his to lose so far. But tell me if you've heard differently. If this, I would hope it's in their open op, a competition, but I have not heard that, heard it approached that way, right? Um, so I'll be interested to see how they approach special teams in the kicking game on, on Saturday, because once again we talked about the uh, punt return. And kickoffs being a, a game changer, if you fumble that, and how missing Micah Pittman and not having a replacement for him could lose you a game. Hell, field goal kicking lost those games last year because you were afraid to play Ryan on the field in the middle, in that middle stretch of the year, right? It's Clemson, Wake Forest. I mean, it changed the way you played the game last year in the middle part of that year. So <laughs> I'll be very interested to see how they approach this on Saturday. Um, <laughs> kicking definitely is a mixed bag. Definitely is a mixed bag, but to their credit, they went out and got a kid to compete. So I, I give Mike Nor oh, Norvell and crew credit for that. So those are my big uh, my big uh, focus points for this uh, this weekend 
a lot of different groups that you to look at. Like I like I pointed out here earlier tonight on the offensive side, uh, like I said, you got the receiver group, you got the running back group, even the quarterback group. Who who's going to emerge as the backup quarterback? I don't think it's Tate necessarily. He he looks to be the primary backup, but maybe a, 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 a one the Brock Lynn, AJ Duffy steps up and, and they really shine out. But I, I I think between the running backs and receivers and tight ends, you've got a fun group to watch there. And we talked about the defensive side. How the defensive end looks? How do these new transfers look? The ones that are available. Um, does Lamont Green Jr. play at all on the defensive end? Do we do we see him, Brian Turner, uh, and, and, you know, get to switch it up a little bit and play on Saturday? How do they look in their young age? Um, so I'm excited to see on Saturday how how these young players look and see them shine. But I'm really excited to see on the offensive side of the ball how these new weapons look, and especially these incoming freshmen, Jacobs, Hakeem. Do any of those guys step up? So excited for Saturday. We may be doing a live reaction show post-game, so keep that on in mind. We may start that around 5.30, 6 o'clock, whenever the game wraps up, do a little post-game reaction show based on how it goes. I mean, if they just run the ball for 200 yards and pass for zero, probably won't do a lot, <laughs> but uh, it may be fun to do a little post-game reaction and get your thoughts on here. So um, thanks, y'all, for joining us tonight. It was fun. Excited to have a little more football content available. So uh, thanks for stopping by. Like the video, share it. And if we do a live show, join us on Saturday after the scrimmage. Uh, and we'll see you then. Have a great night. Have a great Friday tomorrow. And we'll just see you on Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Go Knowles.